Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. I am Scott Prather, ESPN Lafayette. Joining me now, you guys know him. His show premieres in our market today here on ESPN Lafayette, noon to three every weekday from the NFL Network, from the Rich Eisen Show. It is Mr. Rich Eisen. Good morning, Rich. How's life, man? What's up? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing great, man. All right. What's your What's your favorite Beastie Boys song of all time? Well, I was born in Brooklyn, so I'll have to go No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Um, you know, it's the first time I ever slept on planet Earth was in the borough of Brooklyn. I uh, moved to Staten Island when I was six months old. And obviously, growing up there and going to high school in the 80s and returning there to get my career started in the 90s after graduating the beastie boys are uh are uh near and dear to say the least yeah i imagine uh heavy rotation on the rich eyes and playlist through the years <laughs> our uh i've got i've got three kids 13 10 and 8 so not so much right now um but uh maybe one day we'll, we'll let them listen to the, the music stylings I, I, I mean, look, my kids are two, four, and six, and I just, any song that might have questionable lyrics, I just got the clean version. So, like, my kids are younger, but they, right. they know their stuff. That's good. Okay, very good. Earmuffs. There you go. Helps, too. Our listeners, uh, they, they know you're rich in terms of if they see Rich Eisen on TV. You've been in the business a long time. They may not all know your weekday show. What can they expect sure. on the Rich Eisen show every weekday here on ESPN Lafayette from noon to three? Okay, well, um, you're going to get um, sports talk. You'll get pop culture talk. You'll get um, newsmakers in the sports world. You'll get pop culture celebrities from uh, the movies of uh, the world of movies and TV. Um, and um, because, you know, years ago when I, I launched a podcast for our NFL Network, we're the first ones to do it um, in 2011. So 10 years ago, uh, you know, the, the concept was sports is just as much of a spoke on the wheel of pop culture as anything else. So, you know, having a celebrity guest on to talk about their love of uh, sports, a perfect example is Anthony Mackie, um, who is uh, in the Marvel Universe. Uh, he's a diehard Saints fan. So we'll have him on to talk about Saints. Uh, all the time, Wendell Pierce from The Wire way back in the day. He's a diehard Saints fan. We've had uh, um, Harry Connick Jr. on my show to talk about the Saints just to, I guess, nail down, um, you know, the front of right now. Um, and then just, you know, uh, nuanced sports talk. You know, not everything needs to be this team sucks or this team just by winning this time is great or this team is uh, struggling, so they'll have no shot at the championship, that sort of stuff. We'll always take a beat, take a breath. We'll always try to give you something or sound smarter at any sort of gathering that you're around. Um, so that's basically what we do, and it's kind of also life. We'll talk about life issues sometimes. You know, I mentioned my kids. I'm a father of three. Um, you know, of anything that happens in my life that – kind of dawns on me whether it's you know real serious you know i got covid during the summer so i talked about that experience uh my dad passed away two years ago talked about that experience 
or the experience like the other day, my 10-year-old and I are watching Celtics and Knicks, and I grew up loving the Knicks, but I have completely sworn off them because Charles Oakley got dragged out of Madison Square Garden and the owner of the Knicks, James Dolan, didn't lift a finger, and I can't stand the Knicks because of that now. And he turns to me and goes, let's go to a Knicks game one time if we're ever in New York. And I'm like, do I actually teach my 10-year-old boy about sports spite and sports judges on the spot? Like, that's that's what my show is about, all three hours mixed in with with um, as many phone calls as I possibly can take. Um, you know, I've been very fortunate to do what I do for a living for 25 years, whether it was on ESPN back in the day or the present day with NFL Network. All those shows, I'm sitting on a set, I'm suited and booted, sitting in a tie and you know, and talking to my analysts, but I never get to talk to the fans, ever. Um, that's why I love doing this show, having back and forth with people who dial it. So that's my uh, my uh, summary of uh, all three hours that you're going to get. It's it's one of the reasons I really wanted to bring this show on board here, Rich. You know, you. it's it's like, I, I feel like it, maybe it's just getting older, but I'm I'm kind of with you. Like, I don't, I'm not as attracted to the, you know, it's it's life or death all the time in sports. Who's the best? Who's the worst? It's like, take a breath. It's fun. Like, I always like to remember, like, man, sports is fun, right? And, and bringing on yeah. celebrities, keeping it loose. You know, I think podcasting in general has sort of opened up. You, you see the impact of it bleed over into sports radio. And most shows like yours, like mine, have it essentially a podcast, but they're not a standalone podcast. My point is the idea of just having an authentic conversation instead of, oh, well, you say left, I say right, and let's just yell even if we believe it or not. I like, yeah. the, I, I like the authenticity that you bring, and, and whether it's something serious and most of the time fun, you know, keep it, keep it loose, man. I mean, you, you mentioned Anthony Mackey. I, I love that I heard him make a joke one time about how, like, you know, being in the Marvel Universe was awesome, but when I was first approached to play Black Falcon, I, I had, like, a lot of hesitation because I didn't want to play a character named Falcon, of course, because, you know, I mean, anybody that's a real Saints fan hates the Falcon. So, you know, that's right. he's, uh, no, he's, yeah. he, it's just, it's, it's, speaking of, Rich, let me ask you that. What, you interact with every, with every fan base. What, what, is, what has been your interaction over the years with Saints fans? Oh, wow. Well, I mean, Saints fans, first and foremost, love football. I mean, the thing that I, I always get a kick out of is when you see a big football game, Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night, late window on a Sunday, uh, week 13, week 14, and you see the markets in the United States, the television markets in the United States that take in the game. And, you know, one and two is always of the cities that are being represented by the two teams playing in the game. And then number three is always New Orleans, <laughs> even though the Saints aren't playing in it, you know. And I just love that. I mean, I, I always have my mind blown by the number of times that New Orleans is always in top five television market watching a big game and the Saints aren't in it. But, you know, the other aspect of it is the obvious one, is the passion for the team and for the city. And one of the most memorable moments of my career was being in the Superdome when it reopened after Hurricane Katrina for the Monday night game against the Falcons. 
NFL Network was there. The game wasn't ours, obviously, it was ESPN's, but it was a, a major initiative of Paul Tagliabue to make sure that the Saints never moved because of the hurricane and the subsequent year, you know, away from the dome. And um, so we, we were there, and the we being me and Steve Mariucci and Marshall Falk, who, as we all know, is Mr. Nolans. And um, he was so moved and so emotional about the reopening of the dome that night. And I will never forget, obviously, the moments that, that's now commemorated with the statue outside the stadium of Steve Gleason blocking the punt. But it was just a couple of plays before that where Vic is rolling out of the pocket on the first possession for the Falcons, and he fumbled the ball, and the ball was rolling on the ground. And the subsequent yells and screeches and, you know, hollering of the Saints fan was one of the loudest I've ever heard in my life, where it looked like the Saints could get the ball on a turnover right then and there, and the place went nuts. And then, you know, I turned to Marshall. I was sitting next to him, and he's just, like, laughing because of how intense it is and how the fans are into it and how he knows all about it, having sold popcorn in the Superdome when he was a kid. And then two plays later, the block punt happens, and I thought they'd have to reattach the roof again. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget it. I'm, like, getting goosebumps even talking about it right now. Another time when the Saints went to the Super Bowl. We were there on a Saturday night when the Cowboys came in. Um, and actually won that game. That was when the Saints were 13-0, and and they finished 0-3 to finish the season. We're all wondering if they were stumbling into the playoffs, but all we know is that everybody was stumbling out of the bars after Super Bowl that night against the Colts. And, you know, I, I just love the passion. I love the fan base. I love how they're into it. Um, Sean Payton's one of my favorite guests on the show. You know, we just had Demario Davis last week. I love covering the team. I love what they're about. And... Um, so that's my uh, my impression of the Saints and their fans. Rich Eisen, our guest. I'm Scott Prather. It's ESPN Lafayette. I um, I was at all the games you referenced. I've been blessed enough to you know, been going to Saints games my whole life. Uh, don't make as many as I used to with young kids, but you know whether it's it's different in the press box than in the stands. But uh, sitting with my family in the stands for so many years. There for playoff losses in the early 90s, you know, there for the first ever playoff win in 2000 when they beat Marshall Falk in the Rams, there for the Dome coming, there for Hartley's kick, right? The, the loudest I've ever heard any sporting event was when Gleason blocked that punt, and yeah. nothing can compare to it. Just the, I don't know, the energy, the feeling, all of it, it truly is just, uh, you know, it's... It's a top moment for me. You know, obviously, you know, kids being born in marriage, and, and I mean that. I'm not saying that as just, you know, uh, 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 yeah. I mean, that, that stuff's very true. But then right after that, it's like, that don't cut me, man. And I, I was, you know, my mother and I were fortunate enough to be at the Super Bowl, and that was an amazing experience. But that game, that don't coming, it's just nothing like it. Uh, you, you, you referenced Sean Payton. Yeah. Go ahead, Rich. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I, and, and that's what's so great about sports, too, right? I mean, that. We do remember where we were when we had our kid or obviously a wedding or the moments like that, but then there's big sports moments just in your life where you remember where you were and what it meant to you. And, you know, I, we were covering that Super Bowl as we do on NFL Network all the time down there in Miami. And 
Sean Payton comes to our set after the Saints had beaten the Colts. And this is just after Reggie Bush and his then-girlfriend at the time, Kim Kardashian, crashed the set when Reggie was on the set. He leaves, and Sean Payton arrives. And he was so jacked up, slapping hands with everybody, especially Marshall, because, again, he knows not only what, you know, Marshall was all, you know, he's from New Orleans, but he was also Marshall Falk's running backs coach when Marshall was in college at San Diego State. So those guys went way back, and he was hugging everybody, and then he saw me, and I extended my hand to shake his hand, and he slapped it, like, so hard, like, from, from the side. And it was so hard, the first five minutes of that interview, I did not feel my forearm and my hand. I had to go, I had to go with my left hand to hold the microphone. That's my off hand. Um, he was so jacked. And I'll go, you know, never forget watching the Benson family come on the field out of the tunnel with their umbrellas, leading like about 100 people behind them to get on the field as soon as it was over. Um, so, yeah, man, it's pretty cool. And, you know, I, that's, that's why I, I love talking to Saints fans, love, love talking to New Orleans fans, obviously. You know, um, many of them overlap with the LSU fan base. Um, so, love talking to them. Rich Eisen, our guest, you know, we're here in Lafayette, about two and a half hours uh, drive west of New Orleans, but it is all Saints country here. And, um, sure. you know, it's it's just a passionate fan base. And uh, I know football is something with the NFL Network, the number one sport you've covered. You mentioned Sean Payton. As long as he's been with the Saints, like where, where would you rank Sean Payton among the head coaches in today's NFL? Well, I mean, he's top five. I mean, when Mike Tomlin went on um, – his mini uh, soliloquy about being mentioned as a, yeah. on a wish list of USC, his response was, you don't hear Sean Payton being asked this question. You don't hear Andy Reid being asked this question. And the reason why Tomlin threw that out is he's talking about two of the most tenured head coaches with the Super Bowl ring in their, on their finger, just like Tomlin. And so he's, he's, clearly, uh, he's clearly somebody who is beyond um, – you know, well-respected, and I understand what happened back, you know, with the bounties and things of that nature and him being, you know, sent aside for a year and suspended for a year. But, I mean, he truly is one of the most brilliant minds at, at, at his job. And, you know, I've gotten to know him and really like him a hell of a lot. And... Um, and also, you know, now what's going on with Jameis and him turning a page for Drew Brees is, is a, uh, a, a terrific challenge that I'm, you know, keen to see how it all plays out. Um, and now uh, he, he, he's going to go down as the greatest Saints coach in the history of the franchise. Oh, there's no question and about that. I'd love that, to see him yeah. win another ring for you and the rest of the fan base there. That would be pretty amazing for him, too. Yeah, you win another one, then then you can start maybe talking about Canton. Um, but with that, Rich Eisen, our guest. Last Saints question, Rich, and then, and then I have two more before I let you run. We appreciate you taking the time. The Rich Eisen Show premiering in this market today right here on ESPN Lafayette, Monday through Friday, noon to 3, perfect blend of sports, pop culture, interviews, the works. Uh, Alvin Kamara, is he underrated, properly rated, or overrated in your mind nationally? No, no, he's properly rated. He's the top five running back in the league. He's, he, he, he would be, if, if the Saints 
wind up going on a, a remarkable run this year if that happens, he would be an MVP candidate if something like that happens. I mean, he's a guy that, again, fans of fans of your of the station, and I'll call it our station now, you know, um, and we'll, we'll find out. You know, I, I talk football predominantly on my show. Obviously, I'm a football guy. So we'll constantly have nonstop evaluators on and, you know, and those from the NFL media world on. Daniel Jeremiah, with whom I sit in the booth at the Combine that I cover every year for NFL Network. So, again, everyone will know once the season ends, we're going to be all in on talent evaluation and the draft and the Combine. At any rate, Daniel Jeremiah refers to Alvin Kamara as a bubble wrap player. And what that means is you better put him in bubble wrap the minute the game's over. Make sure that he crosses the street looking both ways and he doesn't step on a crack or under a ladder or anything like that. Like, he is the guy who makes it all go, more than ever now. And um, so I think he is properly rated. He is a top-five running back in this league. And anybody who does not say that, top-five playmaker in this league, is fooling themselves. Rich Eisen, our guest, is the great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette. Rich Eisen Show weekdays right here on ESPN Lafayette from noon to 3. Of all the interviews you've done, athletes, celebrities, whoever, what is your all-time favorite interview from your career? Oh, man. Uh, I'll go with, you know, your, your favorite one is your last one in a way. Um, we had Larry David of Curb Your Enthusiasm in studio uh, last week in advance of uh, his return to uh, for season 11 of Curb Your Enthusiasm. 40 minutes just of nonstop talk about what he would do if he was commissioner. And we also give him um, social situations for him to play judge and jury about what's the right thing to do. You know, when food comes to the table first and you're waiting for your food, do you let everyone else eat? Or if you've got your food first, do you just dig in? You know, or, um, you know, sports ones as well, like a friend invites you to the game, gives you a ticket to the game. Do you, do you, do you ask where the tickets are first before accepting? You know, that sort of stuff. And, you know, and, and again, we've had, we've had many celebrities on, and, and our archive on our YouTube page, you've got like 24,000 videos sitting on it because we're in year eight of doing this show. Um, and so if you're a fan of Breaking Bad, we've had pretty much everybody from that show on talking about that. Game of Thrones, we had um, you know, the actor Kit Harrington who plays Jon Snow. We had... Lena Hee, the actress who played at Queen Cersei, you know, all those characters have come on our show to talk about their programs. And that stuff is just as popular as when Breeze called in or Brady called in back in the day and Aaron Rodgers called in in week three. You know, I'm also doing Monday night football pregame and, and, uh, and halftime for, for Westwood One Radio, so we get all the stars from the Monday night games on. Uh, so I can't really choose one, so I just chose the latest one. Larry David, man, that's good stuff. Talking food with him. What, it, we're here in the heart of Cajun country, Rich. What is your favorite Cajun dish? Oh, God. Oh, I don't know. I've tried turtle soup back in the day. It really wasn't, you know. It's more of a New Orleans thing. My cup Cajun. of tea. i, I, I got to be honest with you. I mean, I do love going out in the French Quarter when I've, yeah, I've been there in a long time. 
and I know it's not Cajun. Can I say the beignets? Can I do that, or am I, am I totally? You know what? I'll, I'll, my, uh, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. But if you're ever around here, I'm I've totally, totally, totally undercut my credibility with your audience <laughs> the minute I come on. I mean, come on, I'm a Jew from New York. Hey. I'm not. I'm, I haven't had much Cajun food in my entire life, so maybe if I'm, I come down there, I could find somebody to give me the best possible recipe or take me to a great restaurant and I'll, I'll give it a whirl you, you, you ever around lafayette rich call me i mean gumbo boil crawfish jambalaya the works we'll give it to you okay we'll make sure that Sounds you good. get the actual authentic you know that look there are some great award-winning restaurants in the in the french quarter there's also some sort of just you know ones yeah, that, right. that that it pose did. themselves so, as yeah. cajun yeah. you know okay. <laughs> um all right final question for you so about 17 years ago I was listening to a sports radio show. I was living in New Orleans at the time. It was a national show. And they were interviewing your illustrious wife, uh, the Emmy Award winner, Susie Schuster. And they were asking her, you guys have been married about a year. And they were asking her what she had gotten you for your birthday, which was like that week. And she's like, hang on, I got to go in the other room. And she like closed the door. She said she had gotten you a karaoke machine. Um, Yes. So do you, I, I, there's, there's a few uh, questions I got to ask here. Do you still have it? Do you enjoy karaoke? And what is the go-to karaoke song for Rich Eisen? Okay. All right. So in order, no, we do not have that because we've upgraded. Okay. I mean, come on now. It's, it's it was a long a time ago. much bigger upgrade in yeah. karaoke technology in the last 17 years. So no, uh, we yeah. have upgraded. Yes, uh, karaoke singing is one of my favorite things to do. And my go-to songs is anything Sinatra. But That's Life is my number one song. I can bring any house down at any time with any amount of alcohol or sobriety. doesn't matter. Um, I can crush it, any audience, any time. And I will take up that challenge with anybody, anywhere. How does that sound? I mean, I love the confidence, Rich. I mean, I, you, you, I mean no one's stopping you right now. Because I'm spitting truth. That's why. All right, all right, let's, let's, here, look. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people All right. I can do it. I can do it, but it's terrible. I'm I'm on a speakerphone. Like, I have standards, man. I have standards. You're starting to sound like, yeah, yeah. Doesn't sound good. If you, you, look, anytime you see a friend singing karaoke and they kill it and then they show it on a video... You know, it doesn't sound good. It's not. I, I have standards. Trust me. Just trust me. All right. All right. Uh, hope, you, you, I, you. Hope, I hope. I hope your listeners and our listeners and our, you know, my new friends in Lafayette will come to if they already haven't. You know, find me as a trusted voice. Trust me. Please trust me. It is a fact. I'm outstanding at it. I've done it at Pro Bowls. Trust me. Any Manning. You name any Manning. They've all seen me do it in person at Super Bowls, at late night, at a, at a Pro Bowl. Any Manning, I know I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the first family of, of Louisiana oh, yeah. football in a way. I know there's some Mississippi in there too. But any Manning will, will back this up. That's life. All right, I'll, I'll take your word show. for it. They will back this up. You, you sound like Will Ferrell and Step Brothers. Like he sings like a line, and then he's like, I don't know, my voice is a little out of. And then John C. No, Riley's just like, No, no you, you have I the know, voice I, of I an don't, angel. I don't blame you for trying to call me out right now, but <laughs> I'm literally I'm on a Bluetooth in a car, right. on a phone, on the radio. 
it just will not be. It just won't. It, it's not the same as the timber, the live. I, I, you know, I move around the stage. I use the mic as a prop. Just whip the whip the uh, the the wire around. Like it's an act, man. It's a it's an experience. It's an experience. I um I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna at some point I'm gonna see him do it. That is Rich Eisen. Guys, listen to Rich every weekday on our airwaves, noon to three. ESPN Lafayette right here. The best blend sports pop culture interviews. He has phone calls, the works. He does it all every day. Rich man, welcome to the ESPN Lafayette family. We're glad to have you. It was great chatting this morning, man. And uh, at some point, I I, I want to hear that's life whenever the conditions are right. Yeah, you got it. Conditions are right is just be in the room when when we're doing it. That's all right, all, all right. I will, I'm gonna I'm gonna work on that. Uh, all right, that is Rich Eyes and Rich man. All the best. Appreciate the time, my friend. Thanks, bud. All right, up next, we'll open up the phone lines again here on the Great Scott Show final segment. Saints Bucks yesterday. Biggest key to the game, What went? Um, who was the MVP of the game? We'll break it all down next. It's ESPN Lafayette. I jump right on a big bird, and then I'd fly.